Welcome to Do That Well, a podcast that explores every aspect of the human experience. And we are your hosts, Karen Thrall and Brenda Brown. And today is season three, episode 22. And we're going to talk, talk about toxicity. Do being toxic well. No, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that is not what we want to talk about today. But we do want to talk about do non-toxic well. That's what we'd like to do. <laughs> we'll be talking about what toxic means, what are the different signs that someone is toxic, and how to self-regulate when you're acting in a toxic manner, and also what to do if you're around toxic people. Uh, to explain it in the most simplest form for now, and we'll delve into a lot more, a toxic person is anyone whose behavior adds negativity and stress to your life. And if it's you that's struggling with, with toxicity, then you're adding negativity and stress to possibly someone else's life. But we need to know what that looks like. What does that mean? How do I know? And what, how do, what, what are the signs to pick up in myself or in others? And that's what we'd like to unpack. For example, if you saw someone throwing a chair through a window, okay, mm, that's kind of toxic. <laughs> that might be like, anger but that's not necessarily it's not always that obvious and there's some other types of toxic traits that are a lot more subtle and um, you may not recognize them straight away in yourself or in other people um we are well brenda found some two great articles it's funny because we both found articles but hers were way better than mine <laughs> Aww. We voted. We voted on Brenda's two articles. <laughs> so um, I'm going to pass it over to Brenda and she's going to lead us into this conversation. And here we go. We are ready. Toxic traits. Uh, <laughs> I, I think this is a fun topic also because if you're somebody on social media like me, for better or for worse, um, there is a bit of this trend happening in the social media world. I'm seeing lots of memes and things these days where it's become kind of a cutesy thing to be like, well, my toxic trait is this. And, <laughs> and oftentimes it actually is something that would be considered kind of toxic. So I, I actually do like that we're acknowledging this as individuals in our society and that it's something that we're making light of and bringing humor to because acknowledging is usually the first step to be able to then correct mm -hmm. and sort of that behavior, right? Mm -hmm. um, and with that being said, behavior is my key word because before we actually go into these examples of different, what could be deemed toxic traits, I do want to make sure that we draw this distinction um, between a, a toxic trait is not necessarily mean that it's defining you as a person as being a toxic person person. Mm -hmm. uh, so when we're discussing toxic traits, to quote the article, we need to draw a line between a trait and a behavior. Um, traits are often innate and behaviors, on the other hand, are actions that we have control over. So for example, a person's lover of openness is a trait, but lying is a behavior. Mm -hmm. So this term toxic traits is actually referring to behaviors that one can exhibit. It does not refer to a personality trait, and it does not necessarily mean that you are innately this way. So, 
For example, if your toxic trait is that you tend to be a bit negative and you might always see negativity in things, that's a behavior that you're exhibiting, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you by and by far are a negative person, that it is intrinsic to your personality that you're always negative. It just means that you have this tendency, this behavior to be a bit negative. And the reason I really like to draw that distinction in this conversation is because by viewing these toxic traits, I'm saying this with air quotes, as behaviors, I think that it allows us to recognize how we can then try to cut down on that behavior and perhaps uh, change our ways. And it, for me, it makes it feel like it's a bit more accessible and a bit more achievable. Whereas if you're just saying, well, like that person is just a negative person, it's just a part of their personality. <laughs> that makes it, yeah. to me, that makes it feel like it's a bit harder to overcome um, yeah. when that's not necessarily. And it's mislabeling. You know, there's a, that risk of mislabeling labeling somebody. Because a lot of times when toxic qualities come out, there's a story behind it. There's might be trauma behind it. There is something of pain that has caused a survival mechanism to show up a yes. self-protection that is ugly, you know, or that the dark shadow, you know, that comes up, but there's usually a story. Right. And many times how we behave, sometimes we'll go, something's not right with me. What, what's wrong with me? And we'll do that about other people. What's wrong? What's with them and their negativity? what's going on and segue to as well it just dawned on me how often the word toxic is used in the workplace so for people listening this is a word that's very common these days and it's been there's a lot of attention being drawn to it in the workplace mm -hmm. people are leaving jobs and especially during the last three years of unrest people many people left jobs because they felt it was a toxic environment for them yes you know and it's that that old adage that says you join organizations and quit bosses, you join organizations and quit teams. And most, most of the time people quit a company because of the people and not because of the job itself. And so maybe this might help us understand a bit more as well for the professionals listening. What do you do if you're seeing these traits? And again, we always, you know, we we're always going to promote that we look at ourselves first and then from there, we can also look at the people around us. Um, so, yeah. All right. So, Brenda, why don't you, let's go through it. And you lead the way on this first article. I thought it was a great article. Way to go for finding <laughs> it. It's so good. So, why don't you kick us off here? Yeah. So, this article, essentially, in its purest form, whittles down these 25 different traits and uh we're calling them behaviors. I'm going to call them behaviors. Uh, That's true. <laughs> that, that, yeah. that one could uh, be considered, that could be considered toxic. And so I wanted to just kind of quickly talk through some of these. We, we probably are not going to make it all through 25 of them, but I wanted to just bring them up and, and talk about like what we think, like, is this a toxic thing? How would we take this in? Um, so negativity is the first one, which I did touch on just a moment ago. So when people, people that might frequently complain about things, they're ruining the fun, to, so to speak. Uh, they're dampening the spirits. They're Debbie Downers. They're Eeyores. That's what I call these people, Eeyores. Uh, <laughs> and, and I definitely do think that negativity, when it's that frequent, 
uh, can be considered toxic, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a challenging one in this day and age because I know I've also heard people throw around this term like toxic positivity. So I think it's a fine line, right, between being like overly enthusiastic. You're always like the glass is always half full. But then on the other side of that coin, you don't want to you don't want everything to always be the worst case scenario. You don't always want everything to, you know, be negative too. I think too, differentiating between negative as a realist and negative where it might be toxic. I wonder when fear is attached to your negativity, when you're seeing the world around you as negative and there's that doom and gloom and that fear of, and that retribution and, you know, devastation or destruction or something like that has a cost to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that might be where you you maybe self-check yourself that you're not going overboard on the negativity when you it's so doom and gloom that you don't see an opportunity right to recorrect yes it's that negative and positive balance each other out you know so i'm wondering when you when it's difficult for you or somebody in your life to see to turn it like what do we do with this negative thought we're having how can we make this better what are solutions if that formula is not there then it then keep get just you know put yourself in check right yeah I like that I I thank you for bringing that up because I do think that is an important distinction to be aware of you know this idea of um are you just being realist are you just being pragmatic are you trying to be able to provide solutions and be prepared or is it just negativity for negativity's sake so mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so another one on from the list is judgmental or judgmentalness. Um, this is actually one of my pet peeves. I'm going to admit that. I actually do have a very hard time with judgmental people. Um, yeah, have you ever heard the phrase, like, don't yuck someone's yum? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's... Like, I feel like that's totally the, the kind, I'm totally the person that was, that was being judgmental. Like, because for me, if you're being judgmental about people or situations or events with which you have no experience, and I think that's uh, definitely for whatever reason, that's one of my buttons. I don't, I, I don't tolerate judgmentalness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like the example about a friend may tell you that a concert will be boring or lame before you even arrive. Yes. And it's that you're assessing something without proof, right? You're, you're assessing something based on a feeling you're having or right. or maybe your own past story, but right. you're not allowing a, the chance. Um, right. You're almost like uh, speaking this negativity into being or speaking this judgment into being. It's and, like an um, assumption that you're making. Too, assumption, right? yeah. yeah. And it reminds me of um, like children, not – not to say that children are being judgmental in a toxic <laughs> way, but I, you know, it just reminds me of children will be like, well, I don't want to do that. Or I don't want to eat that thing. And then you're like, why? And they're like, it's gross or it's uncomfortable or it's not going to be fun. And, but it's like, well, you haven't experienced this before yet. So let's just, and it does, you lose credibility. If, if, if you're quick, if you're around people that are judging something, but don't actually have the experience to back it up the knowledge, the facts, the research, it it it's not fun to be around somebody who's jumping to conclusions, right? 
and they have no basis for it because it it kind of it's a wet blanket on the conversation. If you're going to make a statement and you're going to make a stand, you're going to have a stance, but you can't have a conversation to go with it to really stimulate great conversation. Then it's it better to just go. I, I'm not a fan, or I don't have a good feeling about this, or I don't know. I just can't. I'm not into I'm it. I'm apprehensive. Yeah, I have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have some worries about this. I mean, there's, I there's still, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, I think what we're getting at is there's still ways to express your apprehension, or perhaps that you're don't have a good feeling about something without necessarily judging it, right? Yeah. And also we have to remember all of these words are repeated behavior. Yes. There's going to be times you're going to be in a stick in the mud. <laughs> There's yeah. times where you're just going to be Eeyore because you're just like, you're hangry or whatever. But if you are, if you are seeing this as a reoccurring pattern and it's exhausting you, so if you have someone in your life, this is a reoccurring pattern and you're almost going three, two, one, there they go again. <laughs> like if you're at that and you're exhausted and you're feeling, you're losing your confidence and you're, you're losing your energy. Uh, this, these are signs that this might be a toxic behavior that you're around. Yes. Yes. Um, and I'll go with the next one. Next one is dishonesty. And it's a person who displays dishonesty may lie or mislead others. And we did do an episode on, on gaslighting. Yes. And gaslighting, the number one thing of gaslighting is it's a form of dishonesty. I'm going to change your narrative. I'm going to tell you how I want you to think about this and change what is what is true to my truth kind of thing. So person who displays dishonesty may lie or mislead others. The act of lying is a choice. But dishonesty is the tendency to lie. Many people use dishonesty as a coping mechanism. So again, there's white lies, exaggerations, you know, embellishing. And what we, what we're focused on is the toxic behavior of, of it's a tendency to fabricate um, your stories and right. it's a habit. Mm-hmm. It, they're not truthful and you convince yourself they're truthful or you just are used to fabricating your stories. And if you're around somebody where you go with well, it, that, that doesn't, that's not how I remember it or <laughs> Are you sure about that? And if you find yourself doing that a lot, oh, I think that actually, I think this is what you mean to be saying. Like if you're finding yourself constantly second guessing what you, what you think is honest, dishonest, then you, the chance of you being around somebody who's struggling or who has got a behavior of dishonesty, you might be around that. Mm-hmm. What I liked uh, about this one, how it points out that many people use dishonesty as a coping mechanism. And I know uh, a bit ago, Karen, you were saying how, you know, a a lot of times these behaviors, these toxic traits will be a reflection of something that that person has experienced. And I know that I have, I struggle with this personally, where I have this tendency to um, be a little too empathetic sometimes and, and I think hold a little too much grace for people. But with that being said, I do think it is important to be aware of the fact that a lot of the times when people are exhibiting these toxic behaviors, these toxic traits, it's not necessarily with malintent or to right. intentionally be uh, you know, a, 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 a rude person or to intentionally try to make your life more difficult by, be, by being this way. 
Um, a lot of the times this is a coping mechanism, a defense mechanism. It's a reflection of something that's happened in their lives. And so I think having a little grace for people is good, but it, you know, each individual is going to need to determine for themselves like where that boundary is, right? Mm-hmm. Which we'll get into on the second half. We are going to talk about what, what, do you, what do you do? So right now we're just showing you um, different types of toxic behavior. But in the second half, we really want to talk about what do you do about it? What are yep. the boundaries and how do you cope with it? Um, well, I'll do the next one as well. And then you can do the next three. I'll do the next one is rigidness. I thought this is interesting. Some of them, uh, these 25 do have similar forms. So there's some of these that are almost repeated, but in a different way. But rigidness is a person who is rigid, maybe stubborn and flexible or unable to adapt when things don't go as planned or don't go their way. And that is that uh, immovable, um, and it's a stubbornness. It's a stubbornness. It has to go my way. This is how it's going to be. I'm not budging on it. Imagine if you're around that all the time, around somebody who's inflexible, who it's on their terms. That's how I say it. It's yes. on their terms. And they believe their terms are the best terms. That's not healthy because there's two people in a relationship. And if it's only on one person's terms, the rigidness of one person's terms, that's not a true relationship. Right. And so again, if you're finding yourself exhausted being around this, like, of course, there'll be sometimes we're all guilty of being stubborn. Many times you see the little children, you know, they, they stomp their foot and go, no, like it's in our, our human nature to sometimes be stubborn or inflexible. The question is, is it exhausting you? Do you find it's reoccurring? And is it, is your soul drying up? Are you losing your confidence around it? Are you losing your voice around it? Do you feel like you're not in a partnership? Then now we're talking toxic. Right. Yeah. I I don't really have anything to add. I agree with all of that. <laughs> I'm aligned. Uh, but the next one is rudeness, which this the article says a person who displays rude behavior may act or speak without manners that most people would define as culturally appropriate. For example, example, someone may talk to a server without saying please or thank you. Um, this one to me is a difficult one or can be a difficult one to identify because as, as the article even says, it's, it's what's being deemed as culturally appropriate. And I think to take that even further, that can even be what's appropriate within the workplace, what's been established as appropriate within your friend group or your family. And so rudeness can look different, I think, in different situations. Um, with that being said, to go back to what, what all of these go back to, though, it it is a matter of like, how much is that affecting you? So if you find that you are around someone that is just constantly pushing your buttons because they are acting outside of, you know, what has been deemed appropriate within that setting and you're constantly, maybe you're even finding that you're having to like make excuses for that person or uh, things of that nature, then I think that is when you would think perhaps like, well, this behavior, this rudeness that this person is exhibiting is, it has now crossed into this more toxic territory. Um, I think there's an expectation when, if someone is being rude, there's an expectation or entitlement. If you think of like, if you have a a boss and they asked you to do a, a report and they gave you till Friday as a deadline and you submit it Thursday morning, 
and you walk into the office and you say, I, I had the report ready. I got it done a day earlier. And, and the boss said, just put it on my desk. I'll look at it. I'll have a look at it. Mm-hmm. Now that's not, maybe, maybe you could forgive it once, but imagine you're in a work environment where that happens consistently, this rudeness of lack of appreciation for the, what the people around you are doing for you. Right. In the service industry, imagine you're uh, for dinner with the same person and every person that has served your table does not feel the warmth of your company as guests. There's not that. There's more of an, that garçon, you know, that <laughs> stabbing the finger thing. And so it, that would get old after a while. Mm-hmm. One, we're not talking one-offs. So um, the next one is a lack of empathy for others. A person who lacks empathy for others may struggle to understand other people's feelings and thoughts. For example, a leader that lacks empathy may not notice that one of their employees is struggling to complete work because they are tired. So there is that, I don't care. So I would translate it as, I don't care how you're feeling. Get your work done. I'm hiring you to get a job done. You have expectations to meet. Get over it. Figure out whatever. But when you when you walk in this office, this is, this is how you behave. That sounds really, uh, you know, that's abrasive and strong and bold. And uh, But imagine hearing that over and over again. Remember, toxic. Hearing that over and over like a drip. It right. would eventually deplete you. Yes. Uh, so the next one is cynicism. It says a person who displays cynicism may think that interests and goals motivate people to the detriment of others. For example, a cynical person may assume that a polite f- server was only friendly for a good tip. <laughs> I think this one's actually one of the hardest ones for me to identify, I think, in other people. I don't know why. Um, but I, I really like the example. I feel like that does in- encapsulate the idea of, of cynicism a bit. And to go back to what you're saying, Karen, I think with this one as well, it's just about like how frequently is this person exhibiting this trait, this behavior? Are, are they constantly just always assuming that people have these, you know, ulterior motives or that people are actually uh, have, you know, ill intent when they're doing things. And if you're finding that you're around someone that's always like, Oh, that person didn't really mean that. Oh, that server just wants a good tip. Oh, like, you know, he's just saying that because he wants to be able to go out with you Friday night. I don't know, whatever. Um, (laughs) after a while, I, I feel like if I was on the receiving end of that, then I would start to to go back to what we're saying about gaslighting, right? It's like, you start to question your reality. You start to think Mm -hmm. like, Oh, maybe I can't trust people either. And, Mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily the case. So and it reminded the word that comes to my mind with that word is suspicious is cynicism or I, I would call it suspicious where you're suspicious of people's goodwill. You're suspicious of intent. You're suspicious. uh, You just expect you know, you just don't have a good sense for people and you, you create a, you paint a picture and it happens. Oh man, does it happen in the workplace? Narratives. You create these narratives of cynicism mm-hmm. about other people. Right. And you create these stories about other people. And then you hear, I hear, and I heard, and I, and this, and they're probably, and I bet you, and I wonder if they're, and did you ever think, and did you notice all that is very cynical conversations and that repeated mm-hmm. constantly 
would discredit you, number one, if, you, if you're that way, it discredits you. You lose your credibility. But imagine being around that. It'd be exhausting after a while. Right. Right. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. As we're going through these, there's a few times that I've thought to myself, I'm just going to be really candid with you all for a moment. I've thought to myself, like, oh, no, do I do this? <laughs> And with cynicism, I definitely, I'm like, oh, I'm over here kind of, uh-oh. I think that I might be a bit of a, cyn- a cynicism. That might be one of my toxic traits. Uh, anyhow. Yeah, all of them, we have a little <laughs> bit of all this in us, I guess. <laughs> but again, it's about the frequency, I think. It's yes, about exactly. like how, exactly. how frequently are you exhibiting these behaviors? Because as we, we do all do these things at some point. Um, it's about how frequently you live in that place, right? Uh, recklessness is the next one. A person who is reckless may not consider the danger their actions place upon themselves or others. For example, someone with recklessness may encourage you to undertake a dangerous activity. That one seems like pretty cut and dry, pretty obvious to me, like in the sense- Did I say fun? Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was actually gonna, I was actually about to say that, that like- (laughs) I think a lot of times we are drawn to these people and we don't necessarily see it as toxic at first until perhaps it gets you in trouble. It's repeated. It's a repeated, it's a repeated behavior. Right. Because I, I, I do have a reckless side of me and all those who know me and love me would go, uh, that's when Karen is Karen's picture is about that one. I, I think it's how, if it was a repeated pattern over and over and over again, that would be exhausting. Like right. constantly being put in situations where you're feeling you're compromising your safety and not saying anything about it. No, that would, that was, that is not good where you don't feel safe. You don't feel, mm. yeah. <laughs> uh, and the next one is pickiness. So a person who is picky may struggle in situations that are new outside their comfort zone or don't match their standards. For example, a picky eater may refuse to eat a meal you cooked for them because they haven't tried an ingredient before. Okay, I actually want to challenge this one just a okay. little bit. Okay. Because I understand that these are all very nuanced and that there's always going to be an exception that makes the rule, right? Um, but with pickiness, like, maybe it's because I'm picky that I want to challenge this. being honest i i think like i think it was maybe their example that i got hung up on to be quite honest um because i get that they're you know it's good to be polite it's good to try new things but like sometimes people have like sensory issues or they have things where like they just really can't deal and like for me, like it's eggs. I'm really weird about eggs. Like sometimes I love eggs and sometimes I hate eggs and I never know if it's going to be an egg day or not. So you could like make me a plate of scrambled eggs and I'd be so excited to eat it. And then the second I get it, I'm like, I can't eat these eggs. I can't do it. I can't do it. And anybody that in my life knows me would probably be like, yeah, Brenda's super picky when it comes to her friggin' eggs. You know? <laughs> but like, that that's not necessarily me not wanting to try something out of my comfort zone. Like that's just me honoring like my body and what I want in that moment, you know? So, okay. Do you know what word you said at minimum three? I heard, I started oh, counting. No, so what did I say? you said it for sure. Three times. I 
guess guess which word you said more than three times if not three more and and it wasn't picky uh <laughs> yeah it wasn't more than picky i don't know um sometimes you said sometimes well, okay yes yeah, so it's the frequency yeah there we you go said sometimes and you said one two like when i started counting i went okay there's one two because i noticed it, I, it, it got my attention and i think that's the that's it there it is it's the sometimes frequency. you like eggs sometimes you don't Right. But imagine if you were always flipping every every <laughs> dish that came in. You, ah, I don't like this. And you flip the table. You know, like that would eventually get really old. If it wouldn't matter what food, it's just never going to be at your standards. That would right. get really, really old. And I think that pickiness that it, it's never quite enough. You know, right. <laughs> so, right. But what I know is when you're saying because it's true. Like it's true. Some of these you go, well, you know what's so bad about being picky but you kept saying sometimes sometimes i'm oh that's there it is that's that's, that's, that's it difference. there we that's go okay yeah. um, See, our, I, just, our... I just didn't like being called out i just, <laughs> I just didn't want to be picky <laughs> we're all defensive i'm not toxic you're not toxic brandy yeah you're not toxic either karen okay podcast is done <laughs> We've, we've self, uh, self assist ourselves. We know that we're not toxic. Yeah, we're so not toxic. <laughs> um, I'm going to do the next three because I know we're getting sensitive to time here. The, the next three is argumentative, quick to anger, and bossiness. Mm-hmm. And so argumentative is a person who is argumentative may get joy or pleasure from starting arguments. For example, a person may look for flaws in a family member's idea and attempt to rile them into a fight. Not all conflict is is bad, but being argumentative for the sake of arguing can be detrimental. And you may feel that way you're talking to somebody. It's like we just argue for the sake of arguing. If you if yeah. you're saying that, pay attention because there might be a toxic behavior going on. Yes. Um, for quick to anger, a person who's quick to anger may become upset due to, to a trigger that would offend most people. However, the difference is a colleague may get angry quickly and struggle to calm themselves down. It's that thing of when you get ramped up and may, we may all feel the injustice, but it's that inability to, to calm yourself back down. It's that thing of taking, taking yourself to a hundred very quickly over and over and over again. Right. Now on this one, and I, we won't do it today, but I have so much passion for this topic and that'll be for another time because anger can be a gift to us uh, if we know how to manage it properly. But if you're constantly finding yourself reactive in an angry way, or you're around someone who's constantly, you're almost walking on eggshells around them. And it's like, you just, they're unpredictable in their anger because once in a while they may get angry, but if this is a pattern you're seeing and it's may causing you to feel stress, anxiety, exhaustion, insecure, then it's, it's a, it's a toxic form of anger and not the emotion of anger. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one, and then I'll pass it to you, Brenda. Bossiness is a person who is bossy, may take charge of the situation, demand control, assert dominance over others. For example, a bossy colleague may, may micromanage your part of a project despite not holding authority over you. A bossy colleague may also challenge your manager's leadership or undermine them. So this thing of that kingpin, or uh, sometimes we call it the alpha female or the alpha male, where they have to be the dominant and they start to dictate to you and there's a demand in how they speak to you, that could be, but if it's constant, it's one thing to get to get bossy. It's another thing to feel that you're being bossed around a lot. And that's where you're, you know, you need to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. 
Brenda. There's still like 13 more to go. So I know. I'm rattle them off. To, to your point, since we are trying to get to the second half of our conversation, uh, I am just going to quickly list out the rest of these just so that yeah. you all have it for fodder to think about. And there's just one that more that I want to delve okay. into a little bit. Okay. Um, so after um, bossiness, this article then also lists self-centeredness. Person who displays self-centeredness may focus on their wants over another person's needs. Arrogance, a uh, person who is arrogant may believe they're more intelligent or more important than others. Greediness, so someone who may take more than they need and to the detriment of those around them. Stinginess, someone that may refuse to share their time, possessions, money, resources, energy, so on and so forth. Uh, and they do this even when someone else is deserving of those things. Sneakiness, so this is similar to lying, someone that may conceal their actions and words uh, for their own personal benefit, even if that is at the detriment of others. Thoughtlessness, uh, someone who may not consider how their actions and words actually impact others. That that one is a that's that's a, another one of my pain points, or not pain points, but there's another one that pushes my buttons. Mm. Um, destructiveness, a person who may speak other over or speak over others, interrupt others for personal gain. Conflict avoidance, person who struggles with conflict avoidance may have a hard time talking to others because they're just very afraid of upsetting people. Uh, I want to add to that that I find that sometimes people that have conflict avoidant behaviors, it does tend to go hand in hand with something like lying or um, sneakiness because in an effort to avoid the conflict, they will lie or sneak or do something else to try to smooth things over. Um, so I think with a lot of these, you can find that oftentimes these traits will be hand in hand with one another. Um, impulsiveness, a person who is impulsive may make rash decisions based on emotion. So that one to me is kind of tied to recklessness, -ness, recklessness, I can't say that word. I'm going to move on. Uh, laziness, a person who is lazy may struggle to finish tasks because they lack inspiration, motivation, or drive. Uh, apathetic, a person with apathy may struggle to care about things, goals, or people. Lack of self-awareness, uh, this to me is very similar to lack of empathy or thoughtlessness. So a person who lacks self-awareness may struggle to reflect on their thoughts, actions, and words. And then the last one that this article has is absolutism. A person with absolutism may view situations, people, or the world through a binary like good or bad. And the only thing that I wanted to add to that is just a funny anecdote for you all to laugh at my uh, laugh at my expense with, which is that I really, really, really detest black and white thinking. I really, really have a hard time with people that are absolute thinkers. And it only just occurred to me that the reason I'm sharing this is because I literally made this uh, discovery about myself like two days ago. Because I was talking to somebody about how I really hate it when people are black and white thinkers and when they don't allow for like gray space and everything's in a binary to them and so on and so forth. And then I had this aha moment where I was like, you know what? I'm actually doing it. I am thinking in black and white. It's just that my black and white is that there can't be black and white, but I'm still like thinking in that way. And I just thought that was a really funny thing. Uh, you're either gray or you're not <laughs> yeah, exactly I'm like oh no you like you have to think in grays like you can't think in binaries and then i and then i realized that 
even by saying that, that was me thinking in a binary. So I just thought that was a funny <laughs> anecdote that I wanted to share. With <laughs> that is great. Okay, that was a big list, great list. And for people listening, if it triggers a thought, go with that thought. If people's names are popping into your mind or if you're noticing your own behaviors, pay attention to them. Yes. Okay. So now we want to talk about, well, before we, 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 we need to talk about what to do about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Brenda, do you want me to start? Do you want to start? Yeah, off, Karen. Okay. Um, all right. So the, the first thing I think is helpful for all of us is you're not there to change anybody. Um, you look, hoping that you're, you're going to, this is a, hoping that your behavior will be a good model, a role model for them, and that they'll, you'll show them how to act by modeling it for them. No, that's not how it works. I mean, congratulations if you're not a negative person or congratulations if you're not arrogant or congratulations if you're not dishonest. Modeling that is not what changes toxic behavior. Right. So number one is you cannot change them at all. You can't hope to change them. You can't serve them into change. You can't accommodate them into change. You can't support them into change. Nothing you do, it's not your responsibility and it's not an expectation put on you when someone in your life is it's exhausting you because you're sensing this toxic behavior, but there's nothing for you to do. That's number one. It's, it's probably the most important for me, in my opinion. It's probably the most important aha awareness thing to have is there's nothing I can do. And that's very sad. It's a sad mm -hmm. thought to have mm -hmm. because you want the person to be self-aware. You want the person to self-regulate, like we we're talking about in EQ. You want them to have empathy, to be able to socially engage with other people in a healthy way. You want that for them, but it's not your job to see that happen. And you're not going to be the savior of the world. You know, it's not going to be you that's going to transform their thinking right. or their behavior. So that's my first thought I wanted to throw out there and anything you want to add to that. Yeah, no, I think, I think, well, I'm just really sitting with how you mentioned that it's really sad <laughs> because it is, it is really sad to be that honest with yourself because I think if you're finding that you have a relationship where someone is constantly uh, exhibiting the, a toxic behavior and it's affecting you, uh, to go back to what I was saying earlier, it's up to every single individual to decide where that boundary is for them and to decide you know, what they want to put up with. But it's, it is sad to acknowledge that there is nothing that you can do because I think sometimes that the, what follows that realization is realizing that you might need to rewrite your relationship contract with that person. And it's, it is very sad to realize that because it's probably not what you want and you probably want to be able to try and help that person or you want to be able to try and, and coach the behavior out of them. But again, as you said, Karen, it's, it's not your responsibility and, and it doesn't need to be your responsibility and, and we, you need to honor yourself. Um, so again, that boundary is going to look different for every single person, but 
I think I am having a pessimist negative moment um, <laughs> of just feeling, you know, a bit disheartened by that because it is the reality, but it's not a fun one. And for encouragement, um, <laughs> no, no, but, but it's true though. And we'll get to the boundary. That was such, so right. It is a boundary is learning how to have boundaries. And it's been such an overused word, but it is a really good, healthy word to have. And it's, it's a very self love. And, you know, when you love yourself, you're able to love others, you know? And so it's a very self love. It's going to, you're probably going to be able to express love even more when you have boundaries. Exactly. Uh, it doesn't limit your love, actually. It actually provides you to have more room to love. But on a personal note, um, saying you can't change somebody, I do, not for today, another time. I have stories in my life where I was the toxic person. I do. I mean, I even I choke up right now saying it because it's very real. And I have regret of those times where I was, I was to imagine, like, People didn't want to hang out with me because yeah. I was toxic. Sorry, I'm not saying yes and... to you, but <laughs> yeah, I, can Brent is I can commiserate <laughs> with that. Yes. And the good news, the encouragement is I eventually woke up to the reality that I had a toxic behavior. So thank you earlier, Brenda, for saying this is not a trait because that's exactly what happened to me. I had these toxic behaviors and they came from da, 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 pain and they were my, they were a, a wall that I created a self-protection swords and armor and weapons that I could use to protect my pain. Yes. And I, I, I wonder, I actually don't know how many people I affected negatively I do have names in my head of some that I think really damaged, harmed the relationship. Uh, but the good news is when I woke up, when I finally heard it, I could hear it. I could hear that I was toxic. It was a game changer. It transformed my life. And you hear people say, you can't be responsible for them, but you can still kindly point out, point it out to them, yeah. but you're just not responsible. And I am a testament or proof that you can get transformed from toxicity because like you said, Brenda, it is a form of behavior and sometimes you need an intervention. Mm -hmm. And for me, I did. I had to, I, I got confronted big time and it was a life changing, shattering, shake up my world. And I, I forever am grateful for that, that mm -hmm. time. And being able to go back to people and go, you know, and, and apologize to some people as the names come up to me, you know, I'm reaching out and saying, hey, I, I was, that, that was pretty toxic behavior. How do I make this right? Kind of thing. That was my, that's what I wanted to say first. Well, I, I really appreciate you sharing that um, because A, I can commiserate 100% and B, I'm going to go ahead and make an assumption <laughs> which can be a toxic behavior if repeated, uh, that I think this is something that most people can relate to. I think that most people, if you look back in your life, will be able to think of at least one time 
where a relationship was perhaps damaged because of behavior that you were exhibiting that was likely toxic. I know that I can think back in my life and think of several relationships that I've had where I was the toxic person and I had the toxic behavior. And, uh, you know, to go back to what I was saying at the beginning, for me, I think that's where bringing in like a little compassion. And again, it's going to be up to every individual to decide like how much compassion you want to have. But I think for me, that's where bringing in that compassion is really important because I also have friendships to this day where those people also saw me in those toxic times when I was behaving toxically and they removed themselves a bit from the relationship, but they always still made it known to me that if I really needed them, that they were there. And so they were still holding this space for me. They were still holding this compassion for me, but we sort of rewrote the relationship at the time. They had to take some space from me because I was being toxic, but they were still letting me know and showing me that like, ultimately this friendship is still here. And I am like, I'm like getting emotional about it because I'm so beyond grateful for those people that did still hold compassion for me and saw that I wasn't the behavior that I was exhibiting. Like they saw past this toxic behavior that I was exhibiting at the time and they saw who I really was, my actual personality traits. And they remembered that that Brenda was there and that, and they like, they had faith that she would come back. And so now I, and I did, and I did come back and I was able to come to them and say, oh my gosh, like, thank you for putting up with me through that time where I was being really toxic. Um, so, you know, it's, I don't think, I think that's a big ask. I think it's a really big ask of people to say like, can you have some compassion for these people? And, and it's even a bigger ask to say like, can you have compassion for yourself? Like, can I look at these times in my life where I was really toxic and can I like forgive myself for that mm, instead that's of judging so myself, right? Oh, like, so can hard. I say like, well, you know, yeah, you were a big poop head, but you know, you had all these other things going on that sort of did inform this behavior. And can you have compassion for that person that was hurt and was using this toxic behavior as a coping mechanism? And mm -hmm. I think there's a way to like hold yourself accountable for your behaviors and mm -hmm. still not like beat yourself up over it and not be too hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was a bit of a, a brain dump. That's great. But... <laughs> oh, that's great. It's great. There's something, it's so funny because Corinne and I were talking about this earlier today. The, the way I describe it is, um, well, I, I, I remember reaching out to a friend of mine in the UK and we did a Zoom call and I asked, and I said, can we, can we connect? And I hadn't talked to him in years and years and years and we're talking, catching up. And then I said, I, I want to apologize. I was, and I call it broken, <laughs> toxic, broken. I go, I, I had many broken pieces in me and I'm not sure through that shatteredness how I came across or if, if there was anything I said or did that could have offended you or hurt you. And he looked at me and said, Karen. And I was so surprised at the warmth. And I told Corey it was tender, the tenderness. And I, it was very healing to know that I, I was given in that moment tenderness. Right. And, um, and it's a beautiful thing. So when we're talking about toxicity, if you're struggling with it in your life, there is tenderness waiting for you because it's pain. 
there is a story that's causing these behaviors in you to act this way. If it is somebody else, um, it is, you can hold your space, like you said, Brenda, and wait because there's a time coming where you're going to offer them tenderness. When they, the light goes on in them and they realize something must change, you're going to be a, you're, the gift of tenderness because they had the courage to look at themselves realistically and honestly yes. and to go, I, this has got to stop. And so it's a beautiful thing when we recognize toxicity around us or in us. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and so I think that we are starting to scratch the surface of like, what do you do? Um, I think at this point we, we probably have focused more on like, what do you do if you recognize it in yourself? But I think we are, except for the savior of the world, you cannot change the other person. Right. You cannot change them. That's up to them. No, there's nothing. And that's my biggest point. Like nobody could change me. There is no good deed or no servitude or anything that would have changed me. It was only me that could change myself. Right. So, okay. But keep going. Yeah. No. And, and I think that is, I think that is uh, perhaps what we're sort of getting at in terms of if you are somebody that is experiencing toxic behavior, like your friend is exhibiting it, your partner mm-hmm. is somebody, um, you know, have your boundaries and, and 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 know that you can't change them that nothing you say or do is going to necessarily change this person they're going to have to figure it out for themselves but that there are still ways if you if you want there are still ways you can be there for that person um and still respect your boundaries and your wants and needs and so i guess what i'm trying to say ultimately is that I hope that no one's taking away from this conversation that like if someone's toxic in your life that you need to cut them out or that like, you know, oh, they're toxic. I'm not going to be able to change them. I have to cut them out now Um, because that might be the answer, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. And I think that it's important to... It's one solution, but it's not the ultimate It's not the solution. And so I think that's, for me, that's important to to recognize. And I think that's where, where I'm coming from when I say these things like, can we still have compassion? Can we still hold space? Because I think that there are ways that you can maintain those relationships. And, and again, maybe it's just, they have to shift a little bit for a season. Mm -hmm. Um, I know, you know, we've talked about reason season lifetime with friendships and perhaps it's just that for the next season, you need to not talk to that person as much, but you could, come back around in the next season. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. The other one absolute. I, yeah. The other one I thought is really good. And it's something that uh, I've definitely had to practice um, when I'm around something that's toxic or there's toxic vibes floating around is not to react to them. And this one, Oh boy, this is so as somebody who <laughs> knows what it is like to react to toxic behavior, I, I tell you what I had to do, and, and it's, it's a life lesson for me, is stay calm. When you're around toxic behavior, you stay calm. I'm telling you with all my heart, you have to stay calm. That means you don't fuel it. You don't feed into it. You don't comment on it. You don't defend yourself because it's toxic. It's poison. Yes. There is nothing you can do 
to change the atmosphere. And so you must stay calm. You must stay calm. Mm -hmm. And in that, it's going to cause the situation to be a bit more volatile or more aggressive or more abrasive or more sarcastic or more whatever it is. There's you stay calm in your own power. And that's maybe taking deep breaths. That's like recognizing this isn't me. This is them. I'm not taking the bait and, and start thinking, okay, come on, think, 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 think. How do I get out of this situation? How do I get out of this situation? Do not feed this lion. <laughs> do not feed this dragon. So yes. that's the other thing is do, do not react. Keep your calm and stay. Your silence is powerful. Yes. And you just start thinking and start thinking because when you react, you're in your limbic, you're in, you're in your animal instinct, but you want to be in your higher thinking, your prefrontal cortex. And the only way you can do that is to keep everything calm. So you can think, 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 what yes. do I do? What is the best thing for me to say? Yeah. So I wanted to throw that one out there. Yeah. I like that. And if I may um, add to that, I think, um, it's okay to, to say like, oh, can I need a minute or, oh, that, yeah, that was a big reaction or, oh, that, yeah. okay, that, that took me off guard. Can I, I need to think about this for a second and, and to, that it's okay to ask for some time. If, if you're finding that you're kind of having a big reaction or you're having a hard time staying calm, I think it's okay to, to say, um, like, can we come back around to this or can we put in this? I'd like to revisit that or whatever it may be. Um, but, you know, to, to, to take what you need to, in order to stay calm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Going back to what you said about boundaries, I think that's super important to have the boundaries set up. And that is, you have to know your limits. Yes. What is a boundary? A boundary is a limit. What yes. is, what is my limitation? How far can I go on this? And that might be something to talk to your friends about. What kind of boundaries do I need to set up? Um, it's scary at first to set a boundary, but then after that, it'll get easier. So you may, it may come out wrong the first time around, or you may have, you may find it really ramped up inside you, but as you practice the muscle of boundaries, it's going to get easier and easier. I think one visual to help people on how do I set boundaries is picture, you know, that when you when you put your hand above your other hand like you do the letter t it's like a time out the expression time out and you have your hand over top of your other hand mm. even if you just do that gesture well uh hang on hang on t time time just something because that's a boundary time the clock i'm stopping the clock stopping the clock so even if you even exercise just that i'm stopping the clock yeah just hang on boundary stop stop wait pause hang on and then, right, this is a no for me. If that's all you can do, this is a no for me. And you just pause in that, in that silence. I think just that in itself is setting a boundary and you can stay calm, you know? So Brenda, yeah. what about you? What, what do you think about? I like that. I mean, I really like what you're saying. This that idea that, uh, you know, a boundary can be very simple. It can be very small. It can be as simple as a gesture of making a timeout gesture or even like putting a finger up like, uh, you know, like, oh, give me a moment or something to that effect. Yeah. It doesn't need to be like I have this hard boundary and I don't accept yeah. it when people talk to me in this way. You know, it can be a very simple gesture. 
Um, even as I was saying, like asking for a little space, asking for a little time, that is also a boundary. That is also setting a boundary. So I think remembering that there are different ways that setting boundaries can look. And then also I'd like to add, and I feel like this is a bit of a theme in a lot of the topics that we speak to, but um, that it's okay to change your mind, that it's okay to have a harder boundary one day and maybe a looser boundary the next day. Or maybe, you know, you've let this toxic behavior that your friend is exhibiting, maybe you've let it slide for years and it's never really bothered you. And then one day you wake up and you're like, you know what? That actually does bother me. And these past five years, I didn't realize it, but today I'm seeing it through a new light and like, I need to set a hard boundary. Like today's the day. And that's okay. Like just because you let it slide and you didn't have the boundary before doesn't mean you can't start setting that boundary now if you if your feelings have changed about it. So I think that's uh, for me something that's important to remember as well that it, this idea that like we can change our minds, that we're humans and we're always learning and taking in new information which then can inform the way that we want to be moving forward and and we're fluid and you know it's it's okay to change your mind. <laughs> and the other thing too uh, which triggered this thought is on boundaries you can speak the boundary before it even happens. So let's say let's say somebody keeps borrowing money from you and you're over it. And maybe they're not paying you back or they do, but you just don't want to be their bank anymore. And it's okay for you to, next time you see them go, oh, I, I need to tell you something I've been thinking about. I'm, I'm not going to be loaning you money anymore. And so I just thought, I, I'm done. I, I don't want to anymore. And so I, just so you know, I, I, this is it. Like I won't be this was That was the last 50 bucks. I'm not going to be doing this anymore. And, mm-hmm. um, but I just wanted you to know. So if you do come to me, I'm, it's going to be a no. So I'm just letting you know we're done on that part, but let's still hang out and have a good time, but we're not doing that anymore. It's okay. Hey, by the way, if I'm really, I'm not in the space to first, you know, to be critical of any way or, you know, talking smack, talking people. So if we start talking, if, you know, conversations change and we're kind of being cynical about, you know, about somebody I'm out, I just don't, I really, it really messes me up. Mm-hmm. It makes me, I get exhausted from it. I don't want it. So I'm going to be out just so you know, but we can talk about everything else. I just don't want to be cynical about other people. Yeah. It's okay to set it up. So, yes. uh, you know, so that's the other thing. And what I think is so cool about that example, Karen, is that, um, again, we're seeing this idea of there is a way that you can set a boundary and it doesn't necessarily have to be like an extreme, like this friendship's over, you know, and, and, and there's another example of a way that you can show compassion for the person that is exhibiting the bad behavior. You're still saying, I'm here for you. I still want to be your friend. I'm here for all these other parts, but there's like this one part that I'm not here for. And, you know, there's a way that you can still have compassion and understanding for that person while still honoring yourself and your boundaries and your needs. Mm. So I think that is actually my favorite example that we've brought forward. Mm. So that, that was a good one. <laughs> okay. Well, then that leads me to this as well. Something that I, it works for me, maybe not work for everybody. It's asking yourself if you're okay with it. Okay. So this is where honesty comes in. And I find this one scary because Am I really okay with this behavior? Yes or no? No. Ah, crap. (laughs) Now, what do I do then? Because we're very understanding, using your words, and I like it. There's times to be compassionate, times to be understanding. When you don't like it, 
what do you do? And I think for you to get really honest, I'm not okay with this type of behavior. It stresses me out. I lose sleep. I'm exhausted. I'm on pins and needles. I feel insecure. I lose my confidence. I'm not okay with this behavior. This is sucking my soul dry. Is It sounds like, oh yeah, I could do that. I could be honest. I could do that. It's not as easy, especially when you care about the person. Right. And you have to go, I am not okay with this. And you have to remove yourself from that toxicity. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you talk to somebody about it, a best friend, a friend, a counselor, a therapist, a parent, or whoever your safe place is. And you talk about it. I just had an aha, like you said, that's what triggered it. When you said, I was okay with it and now I'm not. Well, that's confusing. So right. what we do is we stuff it deep, deep down side. And why, oh, well, go look at me all judging now. Oh, now I'm not going to be okay with it. Shame on me, Karen. You know, like we, we stuff it because we shame ourselves into but the truth is, the honesty is, is I'm now not okay with this. Mm-hmm. And that's honest. And that takes a lot of courage. A lot it does. of courage. It does. Because it is going to reframe the relationship. Some, sometimes yeah. extremely bad. And sometimes it's just a little adjustment. Right. So and that's that scary thing that we talked about at the beginning of the episode. You know, that that is that is scary. And that is a, a, a real um, fear when you're looking at having these honest conversations with yourself or with the people around you about toxic behavior and toxic traits, uh, you know, there, there is this real fear because yes, it could, it could change relationships and that might not necessarily be what you're, you're wanting. Um, however, in my personal opinion, I think nine times out of 10, it's going to be better for but all parties involved in the long run. And, you know, hindsight is 2020. You might have a really hard time with it in the, in, in that moment. But, you know, Carrie and I both, we shared our stories about our past and the times that we were able to look back at these behaviors that we've exhibited. And at the time, I'm sure I was heartbroken about losing these friendships, but yeah. in retrospect, it was a really, really good thing to have hap- happened. And it was a blessing. So mm-hmm. maybe, Maybe our stories can be inspiration mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> for the people listening. Yeah, because we, you know, we don't want to feed into the toxic behavior, and I think that's where the enabling comes in. Which I know. Yes, we'll stay, talk tuned. About next- stay tuned. Stay <laughs> tuned. We are going to be talking about that. It's on the list. But you know, when we enable toxic behavior, now, now that is a form of toxic. That enabling is a form of toxic. When we're Right. Looking the other way, we look the other way, and we we accommodate that toxic behavior. Now we're in it. We're in it. Now we're in the toxic. So, um, yes. Yeah. Well, we we are uh, coming up on an hour, so let's wrap things up. There was one article that we came across, which I won't talk to, but I I will link it in our uh, we'll link it on our Instagram and we'll link it in this bio of this episode because I do think that it's a, a good one if people are interested. It's a good one. It was just a board panda uh, article, but it essentially is these thirty different examples of uh, real people just honestly sharing what they think their toxic trait is, and then to kind of just put it out into the world to say, does anyone else experience this? You know, does anyone else do this? I think it's kind of toxic. And, and then there's some fodder that people have come in and like said, like, yes, I also do this. Or, you know, you can see some of the dialogue that is comes from 
these people's very honest confessions of what they feel their toxic traits are. And I know that as I read through this, I definitely so related to some of them. And some of them I even was like, I don't actually think it's that bad. So I thought it was an interesting read. And if you all were, um, if, if your wheels are turning after listening to this conversation, I suggest checking this article out uh, as supplementary <laughs> learning. Yeah, it's, it is, it's very, it's very um, vulnerable. So it's yes. very honest, very real. It makes you go, wow, that takes a lot of courage. And some of them you go out to a lot of courage to say that because that is them having aha. They're, they're being, they're self-aware. Huh. They're going, ah, this might not be a good thing that I do. You know? Right. It's good. Well, Thanks for the articles, Brenda. They were, they're both excellent, excellent articles. <laughs> and thank you for uh, this conversation, Karen. I know that we, we got to this topic off of something that you had shared that was going on in your life. So I'm, I'm glad that this was able to spark this conversation. I, yeah, I've actually really yeah, enjoyed this so topic. Good. So. so good. So good. And of course, thank you all. Hey. To the listeners for joining us and next week we will actually dig further into this concept of enabling which is related and i'm excited for that conversation too have a good one bye, bye.